This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. So this is part two of Power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, before I get started, just wanted to say that Crystal Gale and I uh, send you our love. We miss you guys. We love you. I speak on behalf of the entire Hopeland Church leaders family, serve team. We love you guys, and we can't wait to gather together soon. So let's just jump right into the word this morning. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right in. If you want to turn in your Bibles to James chapter 5, verse 16, James chapter 5, verse 16, and I'm just going to pray for you before we jump into the word. So Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I pray for revelation to flow. I pray Lord, that you speak to us. I pray that you meet every person right where they are. And Lord, let your word, Lord, elevate them and, and bring increase and fruitfulness to their spiritual life. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we encounter the presence of God and the Holy Spirit through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get going here, guys. James chapter five, verse 16 power of the Holy Spirit. So James 5, 16 says this, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And just in light of this message, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, I just today wanna just emphasize the last part of that verse and really talk about it in light of the power of the Holy Spirit, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And this is my first point, is that when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit, there is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. I'll even venture to guess there is no power outside of prayer. We, If we want the power of God, it's gonna come through the vehicle of prayer. The book of Acts on the, day of on the day of Pentecost, if you really look at that, that was literally a prayer meeting, for lack of a better term, and that's where the power of God was, right? And it says here that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's something about when we as God's people pray, when we as God's people um, set aside our own agenda, our anxieties, our plan, our efforts, our ingenuity, our humanity and say, no, I am gonna pray. You know, uh, God moves when we pray. God hears us when we pray. Um, God does things because we pray. Is God gonna do things anyway? Yes, but he does things when and because we pray. It's all over the word of God. You know, Moses interceded for the people of God. You know, all throughout the scripture, even Jesus himself, when he walked to earth as a man, he prayed time and time again. He said, Father, I know you hear me. You know, the Bible says when we cry out, the Bible says our cry goes into God's ear. There, there is no power without prayer. I can't talk about the power of the Holy Spirit without talking about prayer, right? Uh, th this is something that God has given us. Prayer is a tool. Prayer is a weapon. Prayer is how we access the very throne of God. Prayer is, is, is something that it is a gift, Prayer is a privilege. Prayer is an honor. I mean, the Bible talks about, he doesn't say that he calls his house a house of preaching. 
for all nations? He says, no, my house, God said, is a house of prayer for all nations. Prayer, I'm telling you right now, is, is everything. When it comes to what can I do as a believer? God, what can I do? What can we do as a church for our city? What, what is something within my control that you can pray? You can always pray. Prayer is always the answer. It's always going to be there. There's, you know, it, it, it reminds us of where our help comes from. And so here's just some of my notes here with this. Um, that with respect to God's sovereignty, everything begins with God. But with respect to our action and our faith, everything begins in prayer, right? We got we to gotta trust God and believe God um, for, every, for everything. I mean, and it's going to come through prayer. Here it is. Prayer is not a wish list session. Let's not reduce prayer to that Oh, we, when we need something. I'm not saying we don't have needs. I'm not saying we go to God with our needs. But let's not reduce prayer to just a wish list session. If my kids only came to me for things that they wanted, you know, I'd be kind of like, man, come on, where's the relationship about kids, right? And kids do that. Children do that. We have needs. They have needs. But, but I want my relationship with my, with, my, with my children. I have young children, seven-year-old, five-year-old. And a, I think he's eight and a half months now, um, eight, nine month old. Um, and they come to me with their needs. But as their father, I want more, of a, more out of my relationship with my children than them coming to me because they need something all the time. Dada, 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 mama, 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 right? You know, and that's awesome. We go to God with our needs. But let's make it more than that. Prayer is not a spiritual 911 call. Let's not make it that all the time that we just go to God when we're really in trouble. Please go to God when you're in trouble. But I believe our relationship with God should have a little bit more depth and, 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 and some growth to it that it's not just a 911 call. Hey, if you're going to call somebody, call him up. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you need. But let's make it a little more than that. Prayer is not our last resort. Um, it, it, if, if you're at your last resort, pray, yes. But let's not reduce it to a wish list, a 911 call, or a last resort, all right? Prayer is not a means to acquire things. It is a means to access and lay hold of God himself. Prayer, let's not reduce prayer to a means to acquire things. Let's let prayer be what it is. It is access to God himself in, in every area of our life. Prayer isn't always easy right? Prayer isn't always easy. Can I get a witness? I don't personally, I'll be honest with you, I don't always feel like praying. And I think sometimes we have to press through that if we want to experience the power of God in our life. Can I challenge you a little bit, Hope Land Church? Can I challenge you a little bit, family of God, that when you don't feel like it, it's possible that there's some power on the other side of pressing through those feelings when we don't feel like praying. Prayer isn't always easy and it's not supposed to be, but it is worth it. It is worth the sacrifice, right? We want God, and this is sometimes how I think we approach God. We want God to work things out for us and he wants to do his work in us. I'll say it again. I, sometimes we want God to work things out for us and God's wanting to work his will in us. See, we want him to change things and his commitment and covenant is to changing us. 
He will change things. He will move mountains. But prayer is more about moving things and mountains and stuff. Prayer is about my heart relationship with God. And that is where the power is. It is in prayer. So yeah, prayer. Pray, 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 pray first. Hashtag pray first. I mean, pray about it. You ever hear people tell you, you you're telling them something, they're like, did you pray about it? Um, I mean, I, I think prayer just, it's just ought to be just in us. I mean, prayer is the is oxygen to the believer, right? We, if you want to, if you want to uh, live a fruitful life in Christ, you want to live a victorious life, it's going to be in that private prayer. It's going to be in prayer, seeking the face of God. You know, we can't reduce our Christian walk to just visiting a church building once a week. That's awesome if that's where you are and what you're doing. But I'm here to tell you, there's just more. There's more to God. There's, there, there's so much in God. The Bible says his understanding is unsearchable. The mysteries, his mysteries are past, the Bible says, finding out. Like you just can't dig deep enough to find the bottom of God. Like I've said before, he is so wide, you can't go around him. He's so high, you can't go over him. He's so low, you can't go under him. I mean, God is so big and so vast. And prayer is the vehicle to, to, to find and learn about the heart and mind of God for your personal life. There are times, you know, in our kids, we have a certain rhythm in our home where we pray for our children every night. It's not super long or, or anything. Sometimes I, I, I may pray a little longer. My wife and I, we pray together. Um, but it's something that is just part of our life. When they lie down at bed at night, uh, we, we do this thing I call checks. And we say, in your beds, they go check. They go lying down, they go check. Say, head on your pillow, check. Under your covers, check. And then I'll say something funny like, Nico's nose clean, check. And then Gia goes, no, it's not, it's not clean. You know, just whatever. And then I say, okay. And then I say, uh, ready for tomorrow? They go, check. And then I say, ready to pray? They go, check. And then, uh, and then we pray. And there are times where, let's say I'm tired, long day, we get home late. I'm like, man, y'all going to bed. And they're like, Dada, you didn't pray. And I'm like, oh, yes, I, I, I didn't forget. I, I know. No. Uh, but even our, my children just remind us to pray. We were just driving here today. To, to film and they got, um, we got them their food at Starbucks. My children love Starbucks um, and it's my wife's fault because that's all they know, that's all they know. That is outside the house, that is breakfast, right? So anyway, and it's, it just blesses my heart, as simple as it sounds, prayer is powerful. And so they're just in there um, about to eat their food and Nico is like, Lord, we just thank you for this food. We pray you bless it to our bodies in Jesus name, amen. And I'm sitting there like, chomping on my bagel with cream cheese, my everything bagel with cream cheese toasted. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Nico. He reminded me to say, to thank God for our foods prayer. And so it's, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It doesn't have to be uber spiritual, but prayer is where the power of God is found. There's power in prayer. Here, let's go to Galatians chapter five, uh, verse 24. And uh, as you're turning there, um, like I said before, praying doesn't always feel good. It doesn't, you're not always gonna feel like it. But I wanna encourage you, if you don't feel like it, it's normal. It's normal to not feel like praying when, you, when God is leading you to pray or when you're just committing to pray. That's normal. Don't feel like you're a bad person because you don't feel like praying. 
Because there are times um, that I don't feel like it. But I want to encourage you that not feeling like it, don't let that stop you. Don't let the not feeling like stop you. Um, you know, press in, press past that. There's power on the other side. It's how God operates. You know, we don't always feel like um, doing things for God or, or stepping out in faith. But I just want to encourage you, press through that, church. Press through the, I, I don't have the feels. You hear that a lot, you know, all the feels. Sometimes I ain't got no kind of feels nowhere. I actually feel the opposite. I feel unspiritual. I don't feel like seeking God. I feel like trying to figure it out myself. I feel like stressing about it. And then I'll come back and pray, right? We all have feelings, but let's press through those. Here it is, Galatians chapter five, verse 24. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. All right, in, in Galatians 2.20, you know, it says, and I have been crucified with Christ. That speaks of death, right? I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Yet not I, I am dead. To, I have to die to something. Something has to be crucified to step into power. So here's my second point. Uh, crucify your flesh, if you want spiritual power, it's, it's, there is an exchange. Jesus proved that there's power on the other side of crucifixion. There's, there's life on the other side of death. And so even as the way we feel at times, I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and God will grace us and, and give us his power by his grace, the book of Acts, day of Pentecost. But there was a process that those people had to press through to get to that upper room. Every last one of them. If you look at the last chapter of Mark and the last chapter of uh, Matthew, the Bible says they were in doubt and Jesus rebuked them and was like, what's wrong with y'all, right? He didn't say that exactly, but he said, you know, you guys are in doubt. They were confused. These are the world changers. And then Jesus said, go. So even though they were dealing with this doubt, this unbelief, and he's in the room, and some of them still doubt it. And, and he said, okay, you need to just go. You go. In the midst of your issue, go. In the, so in the midst of your feeling, pray. Press in and pray. And crucify your flesh if you want spiritual power. Let's go back to James chapter 5, verse 16. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Okay? I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, uh, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another, that you may be healed and restored. Uh, that, that's so beautiful because healing and restoration is going to come through the context of relationship. Not necessarily have to do with this message, but relationship in Christ, in the kingdom of God, it happens in relationship and healthy vulnerability in those relationships. God has reserved an element of our healing and restoration and he's reserved it within the context of your relationship with another person or other people. It is how God operates. It is where healing is found. It is how we walk in freedom. It's gonna be in the context of somebody knowing your stuff and you knowing their stuff and you praying with each other through it. And it says pray for one another. Once again, pray. Pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man believer can accomplish much. 
when put into action and made effective by God. Here it is. This is amplified. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. So power is in prayer. There is some power you've yet to experience in God, but I'm here to tell you it's in your prayer closet. It's in your prayer time. It's in your prayer life. Okay, avails much, avails much. This is what it means. It means the Lord strengthening you with the combative, confrontive force, all right? A divinely approved person who is energized by God. I mean, God is, is wanting to give you this combative, confrontive force of power in your prayer life. All right, um, you know, God is wanting to um, um, instill in you and strengthen you and, and divinely approve you and be energized by his spirit. And it's gonna be through pressing through that flesh of ours, that nature of ours, so we can access some spiritual power. All right, so, you know, there's power in prayer. And if we want the power of God, we must crucify our flesh. So let's go to Col Colossians chapter four, verse 12. If you wanna turn there, uh, Colossians chapter four, verse 12. Uh, I'm gonna read it here quickly. Uh, but Epaphras, who is one of you, um, a bondservant of Christ, greets you. Here it is, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. I'm gonna read that part again. All, this guy, Epaphras, always laboring fervently for you in prayers uh, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I love this prayer here. I think this is just such a powerful prayer. This ought to be our prayer for our loved ones, for our family, for ourselves, for our church, for our, for our community. Lord, we, we need to just labor fervently and say, God, well, I pray that you, that they, that we would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I mean, think about that. And the Bible goes on to say how, you know, Epaphras, like this prayer was effective. It was powerful, you know, you know, and we can, our prayers can bring refreshing to people, you know. And so here it is, live in prayer and you will walk in power. It's, it, power is the result, um, but prayer is what will get you there. If power, of, if the power of God, the presence of God is the goal, prayer will get you there. I guarantee it. You, I mean, if, if I guarantee, God guarantees it, that if you seek him, you find him. If you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. If, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. Um, you know, uh, you don't have to chase power. Just chase God in prayer and power will be found. Uh, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit is in, is in prayer. Live in prayer and you will walk in power. A prayer life will produce a powerful life. A prayer life will produce a powerful life. Um, I don't know about you, but it just in my spirit, I believe this is in the desire of every born again believer, just a desire to encounter God in, in a new and a fresh way, a desire to know God, a desire to step out of this this tangible, um, uh, finite world and step into the God himself and to experience him in an intimate way that is, 
that is beyond this world and beyond anything or anybody can give you. That, and it's found in prayer. He promised it. Um, uh, I remember when I was in Bible college, there was this um, optional prayer school. They called it prayer school. Didn't have to go. You weren't graded on it. Um, but something in me, I was, what, 20 years old, just moved out of my home, uh, my house with my dad, and I just came down to Southern California from Northern California, and it's something just, I was, God was just tugging on me to get in there. I mean, I just wanted to do it. So it was like three days a week, an extra hour and a half after school, and it was literally just going to this room, or this environment, somebody would leave, just, it was basically a prayer meeting. And there's something that I just went after God for, and it just put something in me that there, that I am not without provision. I am not without faith. I am never without hope, and I can find every promise in God. I can experience it in my own prayer time, that I could seek God. I can just, I can just say, you know what? Um, praise God for everything else out in my world and in my life, but I got this prayer closet. I got this place I can go, secret place of the Most High. I can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, he can, he can speak to me. He can talk to me and deliver me and touch me in an intimate way that can't anybody else in this world or in this life can do for me. And you know, like that old song, can't nobody do me like Jesus. And it's in prayer where all that happens. All right, here we go. Uh, last portion of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. There's power in prayer. Crucify your flesh if you want spiritual power. If you want spiritual power. I remember another time I was praying with my friends. This is before I went to Bible college. Saved not too long. Um, you know, in, our, in this church where we were at, me and my buddy Kwok and my other friends, we would just show up to our church. I think it was Saturday mornings during the summer we'd pray with our youth leaders and we, I remember just us joining hands and I remember in that moment just we were just praying but the, but the power of the Holy Spirit came on me and we were praying and I just started declaring salvation, salvation and it wasn't like, oh, I need to do this prayer now. It was the power of the Holy Spirit just praying for our city, salvation, you know, and then everybody else, the power of God came, it just, and that's the only way I can explain it, the power of God came. The power of the Holy Spirit praying through us. And I was just, salvation. You know, just declaring that. And it was like, like living water just flowing through my soul. And I was like, man, I don't want to be, I mean, we were going to go out and skate all day after that. But in that moment, I'm like, I don't care about anything else. Just this, the presence of God right now. Just praying and declaring the promise of God over our city. Um, but, you know, the power of God power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Here we go. In my speech, this is Apostle Paul talking, and my speech and my preaching were not, were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Human, it means limited, finite, confined to human effort and experience. And he's like, my preaching was not that, is not that, is not persuasive human ingenuity. My preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, finite, limited wisdom, and just limiting, dumbing down the preaching of the gospel to some practical process to make our human existence better. It's more than that. You know, there's mystery in this thing. 
There is depth in this thing called the gospel, and it is life transforming. It's not some finite, limited, pragmatic process. This is the demonstration, he says, but demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of finite man, but in the power of God. Um, you know, we want to walk in this power. He, he, the apostle Paul walked in demonstration power. Isn't that awesome? He's a spiritual leader. And he's like, look, when I come, I'm coming with demonstration. I, I believe that every spiritual leader should bear that burden that I don't just come with persuasive. I don't come at all with persuasive words of men's wisdom, sleep communication, fancy wordplay. No, he's, he came when he showed up. Demonstration came with him. He walked in demonstration power. And I'm here to tell you right now, you can too. My last point, God wants to demonstrate, demonstrate his power through us. God wants to demonstrate his power through you. Where we have over-dependence on um, sleek communication, we miss out on demonstration. And so as the Apostle Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, you know, where we have an over-dependence on persuasive communication, we miss out on Holy Spirit demonstration. You know, uh, this is something that God wants to do in us as a community. You know, we, you know, I'll venture to say this, we don't need more communicators in the kingdom of God. There is a lot of communicators. We don't have enough demonstrators. Well, we, we, want, we want people to communicate the word well, but if all we talk about and all we experience in our gatherings and in Christian community is communication, we are missing something because the Apostle Paul said, I didn't come with that. I didn't come limited uh, and, and, and just, uh, you know, the, the church community wasn't basing their faith on finite wisdom, on something that is limited and finite. That's what human means. It means limited, finite. It means confined to human effort and experience. Our faith is in God. And if we want the power of God in our lives, if we want to experience the power of God, we, we need our faith to be in that and not what a great communicator can do. You can have communicators in the world. There's great communicators out there. You have TED Talks. Nothing wrong necessarily with TED Talks. Nothing wrong with great sleep communicators and, and, and life coaches, but that's not the kingdom. The kingdom isn't, isn't words, it's Holy Spirit power. The kingdom of God isn't supposed to replicate human ingenuity, it is demonstration of the Holy Spirit in power. And, um, you know, demonstration. Uh, I grew up as a skateboarder uh, my whole life, and so got to a point to where me and the people I was, skateboard I was skateboarding with, the company I was skateboarding for, uh, we traveled the world and we did what we called demos. We did skate demos. Um, we would do our demonstrations and, um, you know, just travel the world and do, our, do put on our show. We would show off our skills. Um, and so we didn't show up to a skate shop in some city in Wisconsin or wherever all over the country and go, 
hey, we're going to sit in the skate shop and talk about skateboarding. We're going to talk about what, you know, we showed up and the kids were like, hey, we want to see the show. We want you to demonstrate. We want the demo. We came for the demo. And there were times where, um, you know, some of the people I was skating with, they just didn't feel like skating. They, did, they, were, they were feeling lazy or tired. And it would frustrate people because they came to see the demonstration, right? And that word demonstration in the Greek, it means to show God off. It means that God is, is putting on his own show. You know, we, we ought to experience in our gatherings, in our personal life, where God, and it means proof. That's what it means in the Greek. The word demonstration. I did not come with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So the demonstration was, was the word means to prove. It was God saying, let me prove who I am through my power, instead of us stealing the show and say, oh no, we don't need that God. We just want to talk about you. We're not trying, we don't want you really to come and just do your thing because then you're going to throw a wrench in our system. You're going you're gonna to mess up our plan. And I remember us going as skateboarders. We're, we're the professionals, right? We're showing up. We're going to do the big show. You know, we got our skateboards. We're like, we're like the cool kids in the magazines and all that. So we show up and then there's always this kid at the demo trying to show us off trying to show off, trying to show us up. You know, you got the local kid, the local ripper, um, skateboard terminology. If you don't know what that is, just look it up. But we, there was the local ripper. He'd come, and some of them are really good, and they're like up in there trying to steal the show. And we're like, yo, man, this ain't your show. This is our show, right? And I thank God um, we're like the local, the local kids. God wants to show up, do a demo in our gatherings, do a demo in our life, demonstration. And we're like, no, God, we got this. Let us show you what we could do. And, 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 and that's not going to work in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. We don't need more communicators. We need demonstrators. We need demonstrators. We need people that are going to demonstrate the power of God. We need churches that are going to demonstrate. We want to be a church, Hopeland Church, where God's power is on demonstration, that God does the demo. I'm not saying to throw out all of our plan and, our, and, and just understanding that there's order and, 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 and leadership and, and there's excellence and and all that, praise God. Uh, but we want God to do a demo. We want God to demonstrate. We don't need more communicators, church. We need demonstrators. Come on, somebody. Right there in your home, somebody needs to say amen to this. Somebody needs to say, say amen to this. He didn't come with human wisdom, human, limited, finite, confined to human effort and experience. We're, we're, we're done with all that. We need more than that. As you can see in our world right now, we don't need people communicating about God. We need people demonstrating who God is. His love, His power, His grace. I mean, actually, for real, prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Share your story. Prove it. Allow God to demonstrate His power through you. We want the power of God because when the power of God shows up, that's where people's faith ends up. His power shows up and people's faith is there. The more we take control of our environments and not allow God to move and speak and communicate and do things that are outside of us, do things that are bigger than us, what happens is when we, when we take control of the environment, that's where people's faith ends up. 
It ends up in the communicator. It ends up in the personality. It ends up, their faith is in the system of how church is done, the predictable process of church. But when God shows up, that's what he said. He says, I came with power because he wanted God's people's faith to be in his power and nothing else. So let me pray for you, church. Father, I just pray for our community, Hope Plant Church. I pray, God, that we, would, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't operate as a community on persuasive words of men's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. I pray that our, our community, the people that call this home, this their home, Father God, I pray that we would, wouldn't be just communicators, we'd be demonstrators. Father God, we would, we would not only talk about God, but we would live out his will. We would manifest his presence and his glory. I pray that over every person, a part of this community. I pray that we would demonstrate the love and the power of God in a real way, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. I hope you enjoyed the message, and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings, and to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope, and your future in God is great.